Welcome back to Ascent Theater Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It reads, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of the others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And in this matter I give my judgment. This benefits you who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that the other should be eased and you burden, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need, so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be a fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. But thanks be to God, who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care I have for you. For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. With him we're sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. And not only that, but he has also been appointed by the churches to travel with us as we carry out this act of grace that is being ministered by us, for the glory of the Lord himself, and to show our good will. We take this course so that no one should blame us about this generous gift that is being administered by us. For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. And with them we're sending our brother, whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. So give proof before the churches of your love and of our boasting about you to these men. So Chad, as we jump in here into 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we are encountering a specific historical situation that Paul is addressing as these Macedonian churches are making this collection for these believers who are struggling. And this might be some place where our listeners might say, hey, it's time for me to check out. I don't have any money, really. I don't really have anything that would be worth giving to these other people. And so this really doesn't apply to me. And so how can we get at the heart of what Paul is speaking to here in a way such that we understand what he is calling us to do as believers in terms of living a generous life for others. Yeah, I think what we're looking at this chapter is it's not necessarily what Paul's trying to emphasize is amounts of money. In fact, I think like you said, Lee, is he's really emphasizing generosity because even as he starts out, the church is a Macedonia, and it says, for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme Poverty, again, extreme poverty, very, very poor, extremely poor. For, I mean, we can't probably fathom the amount of poorness. This would be like third world country, maybe is what you've heard, poor level. But 
They have overflowed in a wealth of money. No, that's not what it says. It says in a wealth of generosity on their part. And I think that's key is that what Paul's getting at is like when he's really trying to push the Corinthian believers, and yes, it is a gift. They're trying to accumulate a gift for the church of Jerusalem that's going through a famine that has some, I mean, they're in very dire needs. And so here he is trying to motivate the Corinthians, be faithful to actually be generous. It's interesting because he's not commanding them. You can find that in the passage. He's not commanding them. He's encouraging them. Hey, be generous. And so for us, what does that look like? Well, I think he gives you some markers here that, yes, talking through this is, okay, this is geared to a financial gift. But for us, is he's like, he's reminded us like there's a generosity of heart for all of our life. And he talks about it in several ways. First, he says in verse five, and this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. And I think when you're thinking about the generosity of your life is God gives us in so many ways. In fact, in verse 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And you're like, wait, what? You look at Jesus' life. Jesus was not a physically rich guy. The guy didn't have a place to lay his head. He is continually going town by town. He was a carpenter by trade. So there's not a lot of family wealth behind him. He wasn't, as Jews were expecting a king, somebody who's going to be born, who's going to take over the world. And he is the ruler, but he came in a poor town. Like it didn't make sense. So what does Paul mean? Does Paul not get it that he was poor? Did Christ just have this like nest egg or bank account that no one knew about? No, what he's talking about is the grace, the fact that being Jesus Christ, being God, he had all the wealth of righteousness. In fact, he talks about throughout this in 2 Corinthians is that this wealth of righteousness, because Christ being perfect, was actually given to us people who are without any righteousness, who are sinful, who essentially what this is saying is we were poor and poverty, spiritual poverty. And because of his wealth of grace, now that's given to us, we are actually, because of the abundant joy in our life, we actually get to spread, use that wealth of grace to actually benefit serving him. So we serve him, but then we get to serve others. And that's what it means that they devote themselves to the will of God first and then to other people. And so for you, you might be saying like, hey, I don't have a lot to give. A lot of you don't even work. A lot of you don't uh, have jobs. Most of you who are listening to this podcast are probably not people who have a large bank account, but that's not what God's getting at. And that's not what God cares about. He cares about your generosity with his grace. And so you have talents, you have different giftedness, you have time that you can give uh, more abundantly than maybe some others. And so what God's looking is like, hey, use that generosity that I've given you of my grace to actually use it to one, serve me, love me, but then to actually serve others. And I remember, I mean, I don't know about you, Lee, most of my time, time was a huge thing. A, I had a generous amount of time uh, when I was a student. And again, I'm not saying, uh, but because of school, because I, most of my high school or middle school and high school, I wasn't working. I wasn't working a bunch of hours at that time. And so I had generosity, but guess what? I used that generous amount of time 
for myself, right? It was to hang out with friends. It was to, you know, go do basically what I want or, and so it wasn't spent actually devoting myself as much to the Lord and to others. And so I don't know, I don't know, Lee, from your perspective, like when you recall those things, how practically you actually would think about how do you actually be more generous with time, with talents and with treasures that people listening to this podcast might have. Yeah, so first I'd say just even coming off of Christmas, I think that we can have a picture in, you know, the common story of a Christmas carol. The most wealthy character in the story is the least generous. And the one person in the story, uh, Jacob Marley, who is the least full person or the least wealthy person is the most generous. And so it reminds us it's not about wealth, it's about perspective. And as we walk through that, that perspective like you just challenged us with, what does it look like for us to live and give ourselves whatever that means? I saw a uh, thing on Instagram, and I'm sure you're all over Instagram too, Chad, right? And see these things all the time. But uh, it was a guy who was going around asking people for a dollar. And he was asking all of these people and everybody just really shoved him off. And he went down to a homeless beggar and said, hey, I'm so hungry. Do you have a dollar that I could have? And she gave him $2. And so this person who seemingly has nothing really said, no, I can give you more than you've even asked for because I know you need this. And as we think through that, it's that perspective of if we understand that it's not about the size of the gift, but about the willingness of doing those things that he's talking to, we understand how we can be generous with our time. And what does that look like? What does it look like to serve others? Let's start with in your own family, in your own home, right? You know, I don't know your specific situation as you listen to this, but there's somebody in your house who's working a job to put money into your life in some way putting a roof over your head, maybe paying for your school, paying for your car, paying for your phone, paying for your clothes, paying for your food, those things. What does it look like to generously serve that person or those people? To instead of seeing your chores as a duty, seeing them as a way to serve your family. You know what? It's great when the trash is all out because that means the trash is not all over the house. Or it's great when we vacuum things up and we take care of those things. Or maybe you have you know, other things that you are being asked to do as a part of your life, do them generously without them being expected. And then when you can say, hey, I can cultivate that in my home, start to look at how you can do that outside of there. Maybe it's your neighbors. Maybe it's other kids on your street or other places that you're at. Maybe it's even giving of your time to help tutor a friend who's struggling with learning to not just say, well, hey, have you asked the teacher, but to just say, Hey, let me help you with that. Or let's walk through that together. How can you give of yourself generously? Because then you're displaying, hey, my life, it's not about me, my own pleasures, my own comforts, and all of those other things. But instead, it's about using whatever God has given me to better the lives of the people around me. And as you're doing that, you're hopefully pointing them towards the truth of the gospel, pointing them towards Christ, pointing them towards God. So as you reflect on that today, what does it look like for you to be generous in your life? Maybe it's something else that we've talked about, but I would say 
Going back to chapter seven and those people that were asking you to come into your life to help you to walk in community and to walk in fellowship with, share with them how you intend to live generously this week. What does that look like for you? Open yourself up to that so that they can help guide and walk you through that. As you do that today, know you are loved. You're-